Hi, hello, hola, and hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... I got my first speeding ticket in Denmark last week. <laughs> yeah, I've never gotten a speeding ticket. I live in Los Angeles and I speed all the time. And yeah, it's a, I don't know why I'm admitting to that, but I, I do drive fast. And last week, I got my first speeding ticket. And it was one of those um, cars that go in the side um, and they take pictures of you if they reach a certain speed. And... I've never seen them. My husband tells them, tells me about them all the time, but this was the first time I actually got one. And I was driving on E45 and I was rushing to go to Aarhus to get my hair done. <laughs> and all of a sudden I saw a flash and yeah, that was uh, that was it. Uh, caught me going 129 kilometers. I don't think that was fast, but in Denmark, I think that's considered fast. So yeah, not so cool getting my speeding ticket, but uh, lesson learned um, to slow down while I'm driving. <laughs> Now, let's get into the show. Thank you for the listeners for, you know, hopping on to this podcast and listening to this show or if you're in Aarhus listening to this radio show, at least I'm talking to some people out there. So in this episode, we'll be talking to a dad who made his way to Denmark and is really famous for making people laugh. Um With his jokes about the Danish language and some of the odd traditions that we all question about, um, a lot of internationals question about. And he just makes it fun and quirky. And yeah, and, and I'm really happy that he wanted to be on this radio show and podcast to talk about his experience being an international dad because he uh, became a dad uh, last year and now he has some um, a daughter coming. So also in five weeks that I just found out so congratulations about that so i'm really happy that he will be talking about his experience as his dad as his dad as a dad and his success as an english comedian in denmark if you live in denmark you might have seen him on tv too because he has been on there a couple times and then probably out in pubs or out in uh, uh, comedy shows because uh, he travels around Denmark uh, doing comedy. I hope you all are ready for a good laugh with my next guest. And uh, this will be also my second dad. So I'm really happy that I have dads coming in talking about their experience. experience. So let's get to the show. Um, Conrad, thank you and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how you got into comedy, and also the famous question, how did you end up in Denmark? <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for having me on the on the podcast. It's really sweet of you. And a uh, nice introduction. I hope that uh, people feel like I make them laugh, <laughs> make them enjoy this madness that is the Danish country. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my name is Conrad, and uh, for uh, it's been a long time now, seven years now, I've been doing stand-up comedy Uh, here in Denmark, predominantly Aarhus, I started an English language comedy club here uh, on the back of kind of uh, there's a, a regular Danish show going on in the middle of the city. And that's kind of bloomed and has moved all over the place. So we now have shows in Odense and also in Copenhagen and in some smaller little cities. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of given me a wave 
wave to ride. So I've kind of taken that and made my own career out of it now. That's so awesome to hear that um, as an English speaker, you're successful in uh, making people, making Danes laugh, um, especially about uh, not so much like the culture, like we don't make fun of the culture, but uh, stuff that as international, we're like, why do we do that? Or why do they do that? So it's really um, nice to see that uh, you're out there just... um, answering like some of what internationals like why do they do that but in a, in a funny way yeah exactly it's like i think it's that fine line you know where you want to kind of point out the the strange things and make fun of them a little bit but of course you know i don't want to get my cpr card taken away yeah so i've got to like be polite overall <laughs> so before we get into your comedy um i would love to hear more like about uh your family and then also um you know being an international dad, um, how is it here for you to being, um, you know, a dad and then also you're getting your second one coming? So how is that uh, for you here in Denmark? I feel like I'm in a bit of a unique situation because uh, a lot of the internationals I know, the reason they're here is because of a Dane. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my uh, fiance is actually from Hungary. So a Hungarian and a British guy living in Denmark, having uh, already a son who's nearly two and then a daughter coming in uh, less than two months. So uh, it's a really different experience. Although I feel uh, actually maybe I have a little bit more uh, of a better insight into what it's like to be an international because both me and my partner get to make fun of Denmark. <laughs> yeah. And you have someone to talk to about. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah this happened. And um, yeah, and I think that's a really great. Uh, do you find anything difficult being a dad in Denmark with the language and, and the culture? Yeah, I think everything. Everything like what? <laughs> not, not understanding what's going on around you, and then at some point, at some point, you sort of give up and then just sort of cruise through life in Denmark. Just be like, I don't need to know what people are saying. I need to <laughs> fully understand. I'm sure that wasn't that important. That's the nice thing about Denmark. Everything's kind of safe, and people are really sweet, and you don't have to worry too much. It's like nothing they say can be that important. Yeah, you know, there'll be some CPR NEMED system in place that will prevent me really buggering up. <laughs> With the language, have you even tried to even learn the language? Oh, no, I have. I mean, uh, of course, I'm from the UK, right? So it's not actually (laughs) possible to learn another language, you know. (laughs) It's in our DNA to just sort of colonize other countries and give them English. (laughs) But I have been really trying. I was really trying with with Danish. I did actually get all the way to the P3 something something exam. I don't, can't remember the hierarchy system, but I did actually go to Lairdansk and completed it all the way to the end and then failed the final exam. Have you taken it? Hard. Yeah, I took it, yeah. Have you taken it again? <laughs> no, no. I, I've actually been looking into citizenship because of this mess called Brexit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and part of that is obviously com- passing that exam. So I will I will get back into it. But, I mean, my Danish is okay. I, for example, I take my song t- son to Vogestu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cradle living room and there we uh, speak Danish together for example or if you know if I'm in a shop having a, conver- a general conversation with somebody who's not a friend <laughs> I will try with Danish yeah although I find the big problem is that often uh, they you know if I start speaking in English with somebody I had this the other day I was on the on the phone to scat and we were doing it in English mm-hmm. and the woman was she was very sweet but she was one of she could hear in her voice that she really wanted to speak Danish yeah you know in that like little Danish squirrely way so um, she at some point I used a Danish word and she was like oh nai din danske fiend and then we switched to Danish and then suddenly I understood 20% of what was going on <laughs> and this is your scat yeah and that's it's not that important <laughs> yeah. it's only thousands of kroner 
<laughs> either you're paying thousands of kroner or you're getting it back. So it can go either way. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Especially when you log in into your scat. Is it green or is it red? Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. It's like a mystery in May when it comes to like, okay, do you owe money or do you are you going to get money? I know. And then you just get kind of constant messages and notifications from your friends. People like being woohoo or like, ah, crap. I owe money. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I did owe quite actually uh, before the pandemic hit when uh, the last scat came out, uh, I owed an enormous amount. I think I owed like 60K or something Whoa. ridiculous. Yeah, That's a salary yeah, for some people a lot of money. or two salaries for some people. <laughs> but then you just close the scat website and then it kind of goes away. Yeah, yeah. You, you, don't even have, you don't even have to think about it. Don't worry about it. And until, until they get to your door. I don't know if they do that though here in Denmark. They're they just, they just Yeah, they just start. They just, no, they don't go to your door. They just add 10% every month. I guess. What? <laughs> or something like that. Okay, I don't know. That's, that's, not news, that's not information I wanted. Yeah, but, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was like an oh shit moment that you had um, when you realized you were a dad, especially being an international dad here <laughs> in Denmark. <laughs> um, I think it's just the, I, I think it's all the bureaucratic stuff, signing him up for these institutions mm -hmm. and having all of the doctor stuff around. Because my favorite thing is that often on the websites, you know, they have like a little British flag in the corner or you can change it to English. And then you click that and then it would just take you to a homepage where some sweet Danish person has written like two lines of text in English. That's my favorite. So that's been, yeah, that's been a little bit of a struggle. But of course, I have a lot of, especially through the comedy, I have a lot of Danish friends. I would say most of my, the people I know in Denmark are Danish. Yeah. So um, I always get, just quickly, I've got mates where I'll just be like, hey, can you just translate yeah. this entire liar contract? And they will do it. Yeah. Because they're so kind. Whoa, you have Danish friends? <laughs> yeah, I'm that cool. That's like rare for I international have to have a... A group of Danish friends. Maybe there's like one or two, and they're like, "Oh, they're my neighbors." Yeah. <laughs> my my Danish friends are my husband's uh, friends. <laughs> That's mm. as far as I'll go. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like a Dana bro with a cross going. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or my my um, I consider my husband's family like my Danish friends. <laughs> so. Um, growing up in the UK and your partner being from Hungary, how do you navigate with the three cultures going on in the house? You know, living in mm -hmm. Denmark, uh, UK culture, and then a Hungary culture. How do you just navigate that uh, with the different backgrounds with your kids? I think the best example of this came with uh, Christmas mm -hmm. uh, that's just gone. Because in the UK, we celebrate Christmas on the 25th because we're weird like that. You know, Americans too. <laughs> there you go. Okay, then we're normal. Then yeah. everything's normal. Yeah. So, and then uh, I, I, I don't know on a global scale, but generally in Europe, people do it on the 24th. So um, there was a big debate around what do we do for our son? Because, you know, he's half and half. So mm -hmm. it's like, should we have it? But then we kind of decided we would do it on both days and have both kinds of food and all of these kind of things. Although secretly on the 24th, when people were saying Merry Christmas, I was secretly, it's not Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you're not really in the Christmas spirit. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm kind of not. It's not Christmas Day. Yeah. So, and then 25th came and I'm like, yeah. That's when you say it. Now I'm feeling the Yulahuga. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're just trying. I think, um, you know, he's only small. He's not even two yet. So we're just trying to sp speak all of these languages with him and indulge him in all of these different things. And I think he will just kind of find his identity in it. Or I'm not really big on British or English culture particularly. Mm -hmm. You know, I do miss, you know, meat pies 
and cholesterol and things we don't have in Denmark. But otherwise, I'm not. I'm not so big on it. Okay. I'm okay leaving a lot of those things behind. And getting new culture. Yeah, and I've lived in Denmark now for so long. It's been nearly eight years. So, I mean, my uh, even my uh, the English I use has become Americanized because you say you say the word. You know, in a truck in English, we call it a lorry, but nobody knows that. You know, nobody has ever understands what you're on about. So I just say truck now. So it's all of those things. Just slowly, they're not trousers; they're pants or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just slowly not becoming. I'm just sort of not having a culture or identity anymore. <laughs> sort of some middle middle space. <laughs> so when you go back to the UK, do you have to kind of like switch the your, the way your English is? I have noticed, especially you can't say pants though. <laughs> I don't have pants on. Look at you, weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's a different meaning. <laughs> But my even my when I go back and my friends and family say to me, "Contract, you talk like an idiot. You, you talk like in this weird pace where you sort of it's really bad. It's really bad. But it's funny because then I have friends uh, from the UK who come visit me. I'm sure you, you know, uh, you guys and people listening understand this that when you're with somebody who really has exactly the same background as you, and then suddenly start using all these weird references and they'll talk about TV shows and music and films, and you're like, wow. You saw that as well. Yeah, you know? it's really funny. It's like a unicorn. <laughs> it's like a unicorn. Yeah, because because like when I um, if I'm like in a train or something, and all of a sudden like I hear someone speaking English, I'm like, yeah, who's speaking English in the in this uh, place or in this train or in this bus? It's it like you like kind of pop up like. Yeah. Who's speaking that? Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the worst is when it's uh, a person from England trying to speak Danish with somebody, and then you're like, oh god, that's what I sound like. <laughs> New Year's resolution: Do not speak Danish ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel like when I speak um, when I speak Danish, or if I hear myself speak Danish like through a recorder. I'm like, oh my god, I sound never awful, awful. Yeah, never, never record yourself speaking no. Danish. I've, there's no recording of me <laughs> to be banished. <laughs> yeah, everyone points out the wrong, the, the flaws you have. <laughs> Or if you see someone speaking, like you said, see someone speaking Danish, and you're just like, "Oh my god, that's me." Yeah, that's me trying yeah. to just get through <laughs> the, the Danish language. It's funny though at home because my, you know, my uh, fiance speaks Hungarian with my son, um, and I have really no ambitions to learn Hungarian. Which, by the way, which I, now I know that Hungarian exists as a language, I'm so grateful for Danish. <laughs> it's. I thought it was bananas when I moved here, and now I'm like, oh, thank God, it's so close. You know, so many words are so similar. The grammar is, you know, some, somewhat mirroring each other, and then Hungarian is completely nonsense. It's just really, really crazy, really, really hard to understand. But the more uh, that he's learning, I'm kind of picking it up as well yeah. in this weird way. And yeah. he's also speaking Hungarian, so we're, I'm slowly, but not anything useful. No. I've just learned, you know, what a sink or a mirror or a chicken is yeah. in Hungarian. Or I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> basic, yeah. basic toddler basic words. Yeah. Like I can get through if I speak to a toddler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I feel at the Vogus do though. Where some of the little children talk to me and I'm like, this is my level. <laughs> you know, and they're not even three. And I'm like, I get this. You're like, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at home here. Yeah. <laughs> but then I start speaking to them and they don't understand what I'm saying. They look at me and, Why is your mouth moving all wrong? <laughs> yeah. Or they'll correct you, which is even worse. Oh, no. <laughs> My my uh, three my daughter was two at the time and she corrected my Danish like Moa just got excited I'm like <laughs> oh sorry toddler burn yeah toddler burn by a two year old oh, <laughs> don't worry Conrad it's coming to you too <laughs> yeah I've got all of this to look forward to 
you'll get toddler burn many times. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you stay in Denmark. <laughs> I'm also wondering with uh, uh, our little girl that's coming, whether they will speak Danish with each other or they will speak English. I guess I'm guessing they will speak Danish with each other. They'll have a secret language together. Yeah, I've, heard, I've, I've talked to uh, some families that their, their kids speak Danish to each other uh, when they want to get away with things. Mm. They don't want um, mommy to understand or daddy to understand what they're talking about. And so they, they'll switch over to Danish. Okay, so yeah. I just have to convince my children that I do speak Danish. Yeah, that you you know you know you're understanding what they're saying, so they won't do it. <laughs> Whatever they're contemplating together, <laughs> then they'll just switch to Hungarian, and then I will be. Screwed. Oh yeah, then yeah, you have uh, three languages. So <laughs> yeah. they're like, Shh, Daddy doesn't know Hungarian, so we'll just speak Hungarian. <laughs> like two thirds of the time, I'm screwed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think um, you ever move back uh, to UK or uh, Hungary uh, to raise your kids, or you, you feel just settled here in uh, Denmark? Um, it's a good question. I mean, we have considered. My uh, my partner is uh, in fashion design, so mm-hmm. she's a designer. So obviously, uh, moving back to London would make a lot of sense. There's a lot of work there, uh, a lot more work than there is in Aarhus. We've considered, of course, moving to Copenhagen. I don't know if we would ever move to Hungary. I don't know what I would do there because it's bad enough that I don't speak the language here. You can learn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many lifetimes I have. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think, I don't know. I don't think we moved to Hungary. I, we were there um, for a long time, almost a quarter of a year last year. And, or sorry, in 2019, because now it's just the start of 2021. Anyway, um, and I did get interviewed for a job teaching English. I also mm. have done a lot of that here in Denmark, bizarrely enough, even though uh, it's not really my cup of tea. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so I got an interview there to teach it. And then they told me the wage and it was insane. I think it was something like less than 20 kroner an hour. And that was like a g- really good salary at a private uh, English institution. Whoa. Yeah. And I mean, of course, the, the standard uh, or like, sorry, the cost of living there is much, much lower. Yeah. Um, but it's not anything comparable. I mean, it's not like you can really live on that as a good wage. So I, and then I look at the Danish salaries and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> You're like that one looks a little bit nicer over there yeah. in the Nordic, Nordic part of Europe. <laughs> sparkly Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with the benefits and everything to put like sprinkle on top of the salary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dusting. <laughs> um, what do you find uh, difficult uh, to navigate as an international dad in, in Denmark besides language? I think, well, I mean, obviously everything going on with uh, uh, COVID right now makes kind of meeting up with people difficult anyway. But even before that, um, the one thing I found was trying to find other international fathers. I actually start, mm-hmm. I know there's a, for, for Aarhus specifically, there's an international mothers in Aarhus group mm-hmm. that's really big and really popular and there's a lot of stuff going on in there. So I started one for international fathers to try and get something going. And I think men are just more kind of stoic and a bit more, I don't know. It's hard to get hygge out of them. Yeah. A little bit. So it's like, yeah, it's just... So trying to get... I mean, we did have some meetings where guys would turn up, but I just I just get jealous of women because they get to talk about their emotions. And people say things like, you know, nice things to them, like, oh, it must be so difficult. You're doing so well. And with guys, it's more like, yeah, I didn't get to see the game last night because baby was crying. And you're like, okay. Yeah. This is the level. <laughs> it bothered my beer drinking time or, yeah. yeah. They had a goal, I missed it because I was changing a diaper. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but it's, that I found a little bit difficult. I do envy uh, the Danish dads in that way. Like, uh, 
yeah, obviously before the pandemic, there were places where you could meet up with your kids. And I was also tempted to go, even though my Danish is not good, um, to all of those things. But that's the thing. I, f- I feel that maybe fathers find it a bit more, bit more lonely mm. uh, in the whole thing. Uh, not that we should feel more sorry for them, but I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, they get a bit more neglected. Yeah. Somewhere. It's and, all about uh, the mothers. <laughs> yeah. Although, don't get me wrong, they're also having a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like... It's you like, oh, poor dad. Uh, it's all, everybody's, uh, you know. Yeah, you didn't give up your body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think for for and for international dads, it's, it's a bit different uh, because um, for a Dane to, gr- uh, to raise their kids here in Denmark, they have their friends already. They have their yeah, network. For right. an international dad, you kind of have to search and look for them and it's great that you started the group for for the international dads and maybe it went well for you or maybe it went um, the other way or it just went dead silent and no it's like crickets in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I still have I'm, i might be wrong but i still have yet to find a father who's not with a dane or they're a dane with an international or something like that i feel like uh, me and my partner are the only mm. both internationals but i think there is something positive to be said for that yeah um, um our son dave is actually if you want to say you're you're from chile right and then uh, hi my name is david <laughs> i am an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> sorry, That's next wrong, meeting, That's next sorry. <laughs> wrong yeah wrong show yeah i'm with a polish <laughs> yeah. lady a, in, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so he See, he's the unicorn. <laughs> he mm. said that you talked about, yeah, he, his uh, uh, partner is from uh, Poland and he's from Chile and then they're raising uh. their uh, daughter. So they also have, how many languages you have going on in, in the house? Uh, f- five. Uh, wow. Polish, Spanish, Danish, English and Bollocks. Bollocks. BS. <laughs> so they they are out there probably it's just you have to look kind of look for them you have to really seek yeah. them you have to come to radio you studios look and, yeah. and then you yeah. find them <laughs> look harder yeah or bars they're like under the stool or something <laughs> um, so let's let's get uh, into like a little bit of your comedy I'm really uh, excited uh, to have you here to talk um, I'm happy that you talked about your family and how it is for you raising kids uh, kids one son and soon to be kids um, in Denmark. But now let's just get into your comedy and how you uh, got into it. But before we get it, uh, start asking questions about how you got into it, I just wanted to pay, play a little clip on the, uh, YouTube of one of your shows because I think it is so funny and a lot of the internationals out there can really relate to it. I mean, really relate to it. <laughs> okay, play it. It's a weird situation for me because uh, I, I haven't learned Danish. All I've gotten good at is pretending that I can understand what Danish people are saying. You know, when you just master them, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. It, like, they, they have no idea that I have no idea what they're snackering about. Like, one time I'm going into uh, a club and the doorman was standing there and he said, Do you come in? And then he said something else in Danish. And uh, I didn't understand what he said, so I was just like, Tuesday and tack. And then I just kind of walked past him and what he was telling me was that the club was full but I didn't give a fuck I just went past him but here's the thing I'm really lucky that he didn't say something else can you imagine I go up to the door and he was like Naidu can he come in De Brana Tuesday (laughs) 
I can like totally relate to this um, clip because, or just speaking Danish, uh, my Danish is okay and I can get by, but there's just some times where they, um, I get caught, caught off guard and just say, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't even know what I said yeah to. Like, like you said, like it could be anything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cut off my arm. I, I don't <laughs> care. Jackie, where are you hanging out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's just, um, I can totally relate to that. And it's funny that you actually pointed it out because I would have never realized that uh, that I, I do that, that. I just go, I say yeah to everything. Yeah, and that, I mean, that clip is uh, it's, it's completely true. I was going into a club and the bouncer did say that and I just walked past him and then he explained to me. But it's, it's, it's nuts how much it's happened in my life. I mean, I had, uh, th- this was a few years ago, I uh, tore some ligaments in my knee and I had to have surgery. <laughs> and when I arrived for the surgery and everything, they were speaking, I had no idea what they were saying. <laughs> and they did the whole pre-prep procedure and the post-surgery <laughs> stuff all in Danish. And I had no idea what was going on. But in my head the whole time, I was like, it's Denmark and they have a great healthcare system. So it's not like they need my input. They're not going to be like, hey, how should we surgery your knee? It's like, I don't know. Read a book. <laughs> if you really don't know. But yeah, just, um, I mean, a lot of my comedy is trying to tap tap into those, yeah. those moments that we all go through living here in Denmark. And I think that's so great. And um, going back to your little surgery thing, they could be... Uh, had the wrong file and say like, oh yeah, yeah. We, this is the, this is the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's like you're ready for your brain surgery. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're starting with my head. How interesting! What a strange. <laughs> That's a strange way to start. <laughs> and I, I I do the same when I go see my doctor like sometimes i have to tell them to switch to english because i'm like i'm sorry i just don't know what you said for the last 10 minutes can we start over it's like why didn't you tell that in the beginning i i don't know i was just trying that's the worst when uh, <laughs> you start having a conversation i also talk about this in my show that the they realize that you speak some danish and then they they start very slowly and then they get faster and faster and faster and faster yeah hodia, hodia, hodia. and then suddenly you have no idea but now it's been too long to explain because now you're like oh wow They've been snackering dance for like three <laughs> minutes. I can't now come in. It's like when you're on the phone with somebody and the, you know, the connection is really bad, but they're, it's, they're talking about something really emotional. Yeah. And you don't want to interrupt them. Like, I can't understand what you're saying. So you just wait. And then at some point it cuts back in and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds, I hope you're okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> difficult there. Yeah. And I, I feel so embarrassed because I'm like, okay, I just, I got like three words out of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah may- maybe <laughs> we switch back to English. So maybe I can uh, put together what you put in Danish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, when did you start doing comedy? Uh, was it uh, way before uh, before you got to Denmark, or is this something just came up and you're like, ah, oh, Danish language is funny. Let's just talk about it. I'm, I've always always loved stand-up, even since I was little. I remember going with my mum to stand-up comedy shows when I was 10 or 11, and we had a lot of comedians that we really loved who we would go and see again and again and again. And I just really, really loved it as a medium. You know, it's so raw. And especially in this technological age where, you know, a a lot of things are screens or kind of interactive experiences or something like that, that it's, it's very... To me, it's just very simplistic, and it's actually just a person on a stage with a mm-hmm. microphone. There are no props. There is nothing. It's just, and you're kind of connecting uh, in some kind of uh, mental space together. It's weird. It's like telepathy. 
Um, and I always really admired that and I wanted to do it. So when I was 16, I started, um, which I, uh, in some comedy clubs is kind of a minimum age considering drinking licensing, uh, started where I was living in London and I was not good. It was really, really bad. And I didn't really understand how to write a joke. I didn't get the formula. I had ideas for what would be funny, but I couldn't tap into it. And also looking back on it, I realized I had no understanding of what I looked like when I was on stage. I mean, if I had played into you know, having red hair and being nervous and being young and all of these things or talking about my life at school. I think it could have worked, but I didn't. I was trying to be somebody else mm. on the stage or something. And it did, it really didn't work. So I did that for about six months. And then I felt really, really defeated by the end of it. I had some very terrible experiences of going on. And the lights hit me and I just sweating and I didn't know what to say. So I just kind of packed it in and then still loved comedy. I used to listen to a lot and uh, f- f- kind of let it go. Then I, 20, 2012 came along and I moved to Denmark to uh, study my master because it's free. Well, it was free post-Brexit. Yeah. It's not, not free anymore. <laughs> Sorry, listeners who were planning to do a master abroad and you're from the UK. So then um, after a couple of months of, of living in Denmark, I kind of got interested very much in the language. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to remember, UK, we, don't, we do French at school and I mm-hmm. did a bit of German, but we don't really consider them real languages. <laughs> They're more like obstacles. You're more like, in France, they speak French. And you're like, yeah, looking forward to that changing. You know? <laughs> when? <laughs> when is that going to be over? So I, I didn't really indulge. I, I really didn't enjoy either of those languages at school. It's, it was, I, I, I blame the institutions, but I was also really lazy. Anyway, so then in Denmark, I, I kind of got interested in it. And what I discovered about this language is that it's absolutely hilarious because they have such straight, they, you know, they use a lot of compound words. So they combine. I learned uh, yesterday, actually, that monkfish in, in Danish is hautasker, which means sea bag. <laughs> it's just little nuggets like that that I love. So I just slowly started discovering these things and discovering this kind of magical world of writing all of these things down. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny. Uh, just the whole thing made, really made me... Really, like, I've, I have the, uh, one of the first jokes I wrote was, um, uh, you know, the phrase Divo Hoogly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what a girl says to you after she gives you a blowjob. That was one of the first jokes I wrote. Ah! Yeah, because it's just so ridiculous because of the, 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 you know, the horrific contrast between yeah. Hooger and what else it could be. I just thought it was really, really funny. And I wrote all of these things down. And then I, I kind of just sat on them for a while. I didn't know what to do. And then I started uh, Googling around to see what performance arts there were. And it turned out there was a comedy club in Aarhus. And I booked a spot and I went down there. They give you five minutes. And al- already I really liked the MC, the host guy. He was really, really friendly. A lot of the other comedians were really welcoming. And then I performed and it was just amazing. It just The show for this five minutes was just insane. People really, really loved it. And then I just went back again and again and again and started writing more and more and more material. And within a year had kind of built something. I was kind of known in the comedy. I mean, also I was like the new guy and the English guy, Mm -hmm. you know. And then at some point it became obvious to me that there there were internationals who would come to comedy, the Danish nights, just to see me. And I felt like there was a base for doing it just in English. I also felt a bit mean going down and on a Danish night and performing in another language. Yeah. You know, it also di- it felt like it didn't mix to me. So uh, we started uh, English stand-up comedy hours. Yeah. So a weekly Sunday open mic. And since uh, then, since where I think that was in 2014 or early 15, um, it just exploded. We were just doing shows every single week and filling up our venue, which was uh, a bar called Albert's, and it just grew and it grew. And then on top of that, I then got contacted by a, a booking management agency that mm-hmm. said they wanted to do a tour with me specifically. And I agreed. I was very sceptical. I agreed and we started selling tickets. And then the Danglish one took off. 
I had to write a show, so I just sat down. I mean, this is classic for any comedian, but you just, when you're first touring, that you take all of your material that you've written and you're like, okay, somehow I have to stick this together. Yeah. So I just kind of organized, organized, air quotes, organized it <laughs> as best I could. And then, yeah, did this tour that ran for a really long time. I think we were, we were touring for over two years with the show and just doing some of the venues over and over again. Uh, we would just sell out and then we would wait a month and then we would go back and it would go backwards and forwards like that. That's uh, so great that you were able to find like a group a group of people, first of all, and then also your calling here in Denmark. Um, you were defeated in the UK and you're like, ah, why not? <laughs> why not in uh, Denmark and see how it was? And your first show was amazing for the first five minutes and then you just started writing more and more and then built a show out of it and then now you're also on tv2 can you say a little bit about uh, your tv2 show because that's also going on well i don't know if it's going on now because of uh, what's going on around denmark or the world but um how did that come along so uh my management team really great guys they're a company called be entertained um and they've been working really really hard with uh, me getting Tour going, trying to get TV deals. I mean, a big part of comedy is also that you can do television. So mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about making a TV show. I don't know exactly what will happen. Hopefully something will emerge at some point. But um, they were talking with TV too. And they said, we want to sell you two specials. And they said to me, do you want to do it? And I said, that sounds great, but we only have one special. <laughs> and they said, yeah. Great <laughs> the other one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They were like, so make another one. So uh, we, so I did. So at this point, of course, when you're when you're touring, you kind of to some degree want to keep the same show going. But the show is growing because every night that you're performing it, maybe you have an extra joke here or something you have observed, and it grows and it expands. So I sat down and I took all of the uh, additional things that I had added into the show and all of my new material, and I wrote a second show called Danglish Two that will come out in on TV Two. It will start streaming in April. Mm. So. It's a, a bit of a weird way round, but I actually then performed that show, Danglish 2, two times for the first, never having performed it. And then we filmed the third show at Comedy Zoo in Copenhagen. Yeah. And that is the recording that will come out. And then I started doing the filming for from the clip that we just heard for the Danglish 1 show. So that recording we heard is actually old material that was that was recorded after the second one was filmed, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so... Uh, it's yeah. all a bit back-to-back -back and upside Yeah, down. so they wanted your new material first. They're like, ah, oh, we might as well just put the old material on too. They, want, they just wanted these, yeah. these two full recordings done before the end of the year. And at yeah. this point, it was like the 5th of December. Yeah. So before Christmas and all of the everything was going to close down, we had like two weeks to write it, uh, shoot it, and edit it. Well, the good thing is you already had some of your material. <laughs> it's yes. just performing it. <laughs> but I'm also very, very proud of uh, Danglish too. That was a lot more about being a parent. So mm -hmm. going back to uh, having experiences with my son when he was very small, living in Denmark with him. So the first, so the show is split in two halves, and the yeah. first half is about being a dad, and then um, uh, the second half is more of these kind of wordplay things mm -hmm. that I'm kind of famous for, and then the end kind of ties these yeah. things together. That's so awesome, and that's great that you're doing it here in Denmark and found your your niche really in the English speaking slash English speaking community. <laughs> I mean, it found it was it kind of gave me that identity because yeah. I found I kind of found my place. I could take my humor and then apply it to a yeah. very real situation. Yeah, 
because you're living it. Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people are also living it and experiencing it. So it's like a big laugh thing for, for internationals to hear. To hear another international say it on stage, it's just like, yeah, that always happens to me. That That's me. You're describing my life, basically. <laughs> and I get so many really sweet fans after the shows who say things to me. Like, uh, I, I remember one... Uh, one lady came up to me and said, you know, my uh, my dad is from England and met my mum, who's a Dane, and then had me. And he never learned Danish. And she was like, we brought him to the show. And it's been a really bonding experience for us to see kind of life through his eyes. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. It's really nice to get that feeling that it's not just a, it's n- it's not just comedy, but it also goes a bit deeper than that. Yeah. You know, and I've really also been trying to play on these uh, these terms like snackering. That's how yeah. I feel that the Danes talk when they snack a snacker with each other. <laughs> I'm trying to throw these things in. I mean, the first tour uh, was called uh, Danglish or Hoogalicious Comedy Tour. Yeah. And at that time, I hope the no police are listening, I made a stencil that said Hoogalicious and I went around Aarhus spray painting it. Because <laughs> I really like this word and I yeah. like the idea that that could enter the Danish vocabulary. You should trademark it. Yes, that. <laughs> that's your own um, word <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because everyone's always creative in English there's always a new word in the in, um, uh, US it's, there's always a new lingo or a new word that's always coming up so you might as well create one in Danish they're very traditional here so make, make a new one <laughs> exactly the language is a little bit of an update yeah <laughs> um, how do you get inspired by telling uh, your jokes uh, or creating your jokes that um that you're going to tell the audience? What's your inspiration? Um, it's funny you ask because uh, most recently I've actually been t- teaching stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I start. I spoke to a, uh, an Afton school mm-hmm. uh, here in Aarhus called FOF. And um, I was already working for them teaching uh, English conversation and grammar. And I thought, what else could I do with this? And I thought it would be more fun to teach English through comedy. Mm-hmm. Because often, in, you know, these kind of grammar lessons that you sit around and it's like... Steve went to the shop and I want an ice cream. And it's like, yeah, but we're all adults and we don't have boring conversations like that. Like we actually want something interesting. So I thought it'd be a really cool dynamic, especially with Danes whose English is so good anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I set about running these two classes and and trying to like uh, share with them some of my things and also learn a lot from them and see them flourish as comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say for also for anybody listening that my top tip is just any observation you're having that it doesn't even have to be funny, but it's just different or amusing or catches your eye, just write it down. That's the thing. Just document it. Mm-hmm. Because what you start to do is create like a folder which has all of these small ideas that when you look back on them start to all link together. Mm-hmm. And I think, I feel like maybe not everybody could do stand-up and it would take some confidence, but I think everybody has a comedian inside them. Mm-hmm. People have such strange and funny things that have happened to them. They perhaps just haven't quite got the frame around it yet. So that would be my tip. I, I I do it. If I'm walking down the street and I see something, I have to stop and write it down because you don't know how valuable that information is. And then you can start working on it. Of course, uh, t- try to tell it to people. That's the other great thing about being a comedian. You know, just hang out with your friends and try your material <laughs> on them. And be like, oh, he found that funny. Yeah. You're, you're like, like, oh, I'm going to keep that one for next time. <laughs> exactly. 
Actually, I had a funny one where ages ago I was uh, I was practicing open mic comedy material, and we were at a bar, and I got introduced to a f- uh, friend of a friend, a good friend of a friend, and uh, we're chatting, and I was using a lot of the stuff I'd been doing on stage with him, and he was really laughing at it, and I felt like you know like a genius, like oh I look so funny and spontaneous. Uh, little did he know that all of this had been practiced in front of an audience, and then at the end of the the evening, it became very obvious that he had already seen me on stage many times. It was like I really love coming down to the comedy club and seeing you every week and I felt like an idiot like, oh, oh no God. you must have heard all of that before but that would be my tip practice practice on people yeah and then try it on stage because that's that's the litmus test yeah and this actually uh, is my next question uh, what was your first joke that broke the ice for you that this comedy and the way you're doing it in Denmark was um, the one thing that um, was the light that like sparked your interest to even mm. go further into the comedian uh, world in Denmark? I mean, I had um, I had very sh- small, short jokes that I was working on a lot that I would tell, um, and then th- I started developing bits. Mm-hmm. And one of them was about the uh, names of the Danish animals. It's in the Danglish One special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- yeah, it's, it's quite a long section where I have this. Basically, I discuss, a Danish person told me that the name for a lizard in Danish is a fearbane, a foreleg. Four legs, yeah. Four legs. And I just couldn't get over how lazy the name of this animal was. Yeah. And just the sincerity with which they, they told me, they were like, oh, that's a forelegs. And I'm like, are you listening to your own words? A forelegs? What? And then and then I just had this this vision of this, that, that there would be a, of course it would be bureaucratic because it's Denmark. There would be an institu- a government institution in Denmark where they would name animals. Mm-hmm. And I developed this bit about a guy who comes in very hungover to replace somebody who's been fired because all of the animal names are so terrible. And he's so hungover that he names the lizard as a fearbane because he can't think of anything else for it. And I remember this bit always doing very, very well. And the more, and then it encouraged me to learn all of the animal names and try and find all of these strange things. I also just love, I mean, uh, it also happens in other languages, but a turtle and a tortoise, Mm. you know, the English language has two different names for these things. And in in, in Danish, they don't care. It's like, is it a turtle or a tortoise? And some people don't even know that these are two different animals. Like, you can't just put a tortoise in the sea, it will die. Yeah. (laughs) And they don't care. And I just love that. I just love the... (laughs) <laughs> you know, just that just that free will that the Danish language has. Yeah. It's not an octopus, it's a black spreader. It's yeah. an ink squirter. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So I just tied all these bits together, developed this bit and became very proud of it. And that's so great, because I would have never thought like, oh Fia Bean. Like I was just like, oh Fia Bean. But like <laughs> yeah. it is a ridiculous name. Like, yeah, it's very lazy. Four legs. And I love that that's not its most famous quality either. Like of all the animals that have four legs, it also has other things. Yeah. A, ta- like, a long tail. A long tail <laughs> and scaly skin. And they were looking at it like yeah. <laughs> It's like looking at an elephant and going, two eyes. That's what we'll call that one. <laughs> brilliant yeah or long nose <laughs> thingy <laughs> thingy a thing, yeah a thingy thingy animal yeah the, the danes also just put the word animal on the end do a yeah do a. so they just be like like um, a sloth in danish is a don do a lazy animal i really like that that one's yeah and a skunk stink do a stink <laughs> stinky animal water snake a garden hose no oh yeah va- van slang Venslang. See, there's just there's gold everywhere. Water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just have to look and see uh, because there, there's some words when I'm reading Danish, and I'm just like, ah, that's a funny word. Like, 
why or uh, <laughs> this is such a uh, the speed fart oh yeah that that when i had friends come over they're like do you know you have fart word like all over like why do you have the word as uh, it mean it means speed that's why so it's just like Know, to an American that's just like, ha, yeah, word fart. Like, okay. And I still chuckle at it. You know, even when, even now, eight years later on the motorway, like, yeah, the word fart written on yeah. the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never going to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of your comedy is about the language and the culture. Um, how do you balance um, being offensive and being funny? Because your audience is uh, Denmark and also internationals living in Denmark. So, how do you find the balance where you're not offensive um, and then kind of making fun of the culture at the same time? I do. Yeah, I really try to think about that a lot. I remember after the Danglish One tour, uh, I, I, I really went into it with this idea that it was a celebration of language. And although, of course, it does make fun of Danish, I also try to reflect on the fact that you know I take fun out of myself and my own culture. And I remember people. Some people coming up to me, maybe it was a language barrier thing, but some people would say, "Ah, yeah, you know, the Danish language is stupid," and it wouldn't make me feel good. I would feel like that wasn't really the that wasn't really mm-hmm. what I was trying to get at mm-hmm. at all. So with Danglish too, I was really careful. I sat down and my my opening uh, joke and everything that comes after it is a, is about how how silly the UK is and trying to find the funniness in the English language as well to kind of have this balance because I have. Of course, at the comedy the comedy club, the English nights, we do have a, you know a lot of people talking about Denmark and Danish culture, and sometimes I get do get this. Not of, of course, it's a, a very small minority, but people who they're a little bit angry at the culture or the language. Or th- there are frustrations, mm-hmm. and they get the, some of the things they say. I feel like Danes would take offensively, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm too sensitive. Maybe Danish people are like yeah, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so for me, with my with my comedy, I really try to to emphasize that, that I really love being here and I really love being a part of it. Um, and that all of this is, is just, you know, it's kind of jabbing at the fun and finding these funny things and trying to, trying to create this second world where Danglish is a real viable language that people are using, which mm-hmm. also mimics in the, of course, people are using it all the time in the real world. But th- th- that's really what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Did, have you ever had like a, a Dane go up to you and just kind of like, I didn't like that language or that, that joke and it, I find it offensive or, and how would you handle that in uh, a way? Actually only one, very one time I had a joke where, um, th- so yeah, it's not very funny, but the joke is that I went to a church with a Danish friend and uh, we go in and we sit down and we pray to God and the ceremony was in Danish and mm-hmm. everything was in Danish. And then I was thinking, this is all so silly because God doesn't speak Danish. <laughs> so it's a kind of decoy joke, right? So it's not that I'm an atheist, yeah. but, that, but that God doesn't understand the language. It's not a very funny joke, but I just really like the, I really like the idea that God doesn't understand Danish. Yeah. <laughs> and that when Danes go to heaven, that he's like, sorry, can we switch to English? Because <laughs> this is confusing. Anyway, um, I, the very last time I told that joke, uh, I was in a uh, venue in Aarhus called Cafe Casablanca. Uh, and it was a small crowd, I think 20 people. I told the joke, it didn't get a very good reaction. And one of the women at the front, old lady, stood up, pointed at me and said, yes, he does, and walked out. Whoa. And I felt like shit. And that was the very last time I told <laughs> Until now, when I'm telling it to all of your listeners. But... Um, 
But I don't stand by that joke. I didn't mean. I, I of course didn't mean it offensively at all. Yeah. Like, I didn't mean to offend her at all. It was. It was just a silly observation yeah. that I had. I, I probably should. If I'm going to take that as a premise, I should rewrite it. Yeah. Also, you have to try it. You have to try to see how it lands. Yeah. Um, if you if everyone laughed at this, then you were like, okay, I'm going to build on this a little bit more and then create it. But now it didn't. You know that it didn't. It didn't land as well as you thought in your head because you know sometimes when you create some, probably create something in your head, you're like, yeah, everyone's gonna get it and it's gonna be super funny, and then it's like crickets in yeah. the room. Yeah. So you're like, hey, maybe that one didn't work so well. But it's like, if you want to have new material, uh, like for me in this podcast, I just have to give it a, a, a try yeah. and see what works and w- see what doesn't and see, get people's reaction. And then now you know, religion, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Danish, don't go together. <laughs> yeah, be more wary. Yeah, but be more wary or just rewrite it a little, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Do you think if you were in the UK, you would have the same success um, that you have here in Denmark? If you kind of just uh, talked about your life in Denmark and then you t- take it to the UK? Oh, like if it was doing yeah. it now? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have been contacted by some groups to do things for Danes in the UK. I would love to do it. It's, uh, but I mean, right now the logistics are difficult, but also the expenses. Yeah. So we did some math. It wouldn't even break even for me to go over there. Yeah. Um, but I do feel very privileged here in in Denmark because the comedy scene, is spe- I mean, UK overall, but especially in London, is so fierce. Mm. Um, I tell Danes about uh, the Gong Show, which is an open mic where you go on stage, you start performing, and then if you're not funny, they just bang a gong, and then you get off the stage, and then the next person, and the next person, and, they, and they're like the tempo for that is insane. Meanwhile, in Denmark. Our open mic system, you've got to remember, this is a private institution, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to abide by anything. They have a very, very cute union, and the union makes sure that everybody gets a fair amount of time and that you get to go on stage as many times as you can. And uh, if you're not good, then you're given a little break where you get to go and write and then come back. And it's so hoogly and sweet and encompassing. And it does mean that, I mean... You can go to an open mic and see people who in the UK would just be kicked out immediately and would be told not to come back. But at the same time, it also nourishes people because you could you could go up on the gong stage show and be a good comedian and just not be there yet and be humiliated and run off with your tail between your legs. Yeah. As a Denmark, it's really, I think it's so much better. It's so much, uh, they think about the future so much more. Yeah. So and I think plan. the person's well-being. Like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just not malicious. Yeah, assholes. they're like, like sorry, <laughs> you suck. Bang! Yeah, <laughs> get off, get out of the venue, um, and never uh, show your face ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I guess it just depends on the uh, culture um, in that because some some people need that um, need that uh, push. They're like, okay, you suck. Uh, they can either take it in the good way or take it in the bad way. They're like, okay, I'll never do uh, comedies again. Or that person that got gonged off or whatever saying i'm gonna show you i'm gonna be the best comedian ever like don't gong me off the stage and then they do but then that really creates like a steroid tempo Mm -hmm. i remember being um i actually have done comedy in the uk since uh kind of making some success here in denmark like whenever i'm back in the uk i will try to get into an open mic i know some people who run some clubs over there and there's a huge waiting list so you have to prepare but then i will go and perform and it's Mental to see the tempo. There's also like this real thirst for like, 
I'm famous, this is my Instagram, and this is my X, Y, and Z, and you know me, and I've got this you know, minor role in this radio thing or TV show, or I'm going to be in this film. It's like this pressure. Mm-hmm. And I really don't feel that uh, in Denmark, which is really nice. Yeah. I think it's more, for, for me, uh, you know, it's great to have success out of comedy, but it's more of an outlet, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just really nice to, to share things that you find funny with people and for them to laugh, you know, and feel somewhat more normal, I guess. Yeah. You know, we don't feel as crazy having these insane thoughts on our own. Yeah, and and that's great that um, that's your outlet is uh, through comedy and making people laugh. And then a lot of people are, you know, relating to besides relating to you, but also like you said with that girl that like, oh, this is the first time I saw uh, in my dad's eyes how it was to be an international. It's like you're you're really. Um, Touching people in a different way that um, mm. other um, people can't really do, so that's that's great that it's through comedy and everyone loves laughing. Who doesn't like laughing? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's really important. Yeah, it's it's like escape escapism yeah. <laughs> in a way of like the the crap people are going through. They go in a comedy show, they can forget about it for an hour and just laugh and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> And you've created that for internationals in in Denmark, to uh, a way where they can understand, or they can understand where um, your jokes are coming from because they're living it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, why do you think you became so successful in, in Denmark um, with your comedy? I just I feel like I was um, perhaps in the right place at the right time. Yeah, was one part of it, and. It, the sheer quantity of internationals that, the, that there are in Aarhus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did uh, a, b- a bit of maths where we would like, okay, if we ran an open mic um, every single week with a capacity of 150 people mm-hmm. and we had different people every week, would we run out of people? And we found out no. So the idea was that if we keep this going and we attract more people and they attract more people, that at some point we might be able to, you know, touch upon the majority of the internationals that we have here. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's also just been a, a process of also discovering um, new people because I also love comedy and watching comedy. So it's really nice to see other internationals and learn from them and see their techniques and skills. And I think that that's also put me kind of at the center of this, at least here in Aarhus, of this English comedy movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has really helped kind of get my name out a bit more and kind of spread um, yeah, what I've been doing and getting people to come to the tour shows. Yeah. And then um, you also mentioned uh, you're going to start doing a whole um, dad section. How um, how how is that how is that going? And will you do a whole tour on being a parent? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Danglish. The, this it's all a bit confusing because Danglish two, uh, the one with the big bit about being the dad. I mm-hmm. was touring with it until yeah. the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Then kind of things got messed up. I've now got shows that have been postponed over a year now. Yeah. Things coming up in September, so it's all a bit of a mess. But I did get to do a lot of the tour dates. I think we did uh, 15 or 20 of the original 40 that we were going to do. Um, and that's been really fun. And talking a lot about the dad dimensions. People have been asking me, you know, now that Danglish 2 will come out in April, what will you do after that? Yeah. And Danglish 3, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know exactly what it would be, but I have a lot of new material. Yeah, but unfortunately, good. I don't get to practice except yeah. like on my fiance, where we're just sitting on the sofa. And I'm like, hey, I've got this. She's really, really good and supportive, though. And a lot of my 
uh, joke, you know, the the joke writing polishing that happens is mm-hmm. with her. She's yeah. got a very, very keen eye for comedy. That's good. It's That's really, really good. Perfect partner for you. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I should give her a credit for like writers. Yeah, definitely. She Script deserves writer. that. <laughs> so we're almost up to the end of the show. Um, before we end everything, I want to play another clip of uh, your comedy on YouTube so um, other people can actually hear. Uh, I think. Yeah, this is the one with the animal names. Oh, nice. Yeah. My favorite thing about the Danish language is how specific it is. Like a refrigerator in Danish, cool scabe, cold cupboard. And when you open it, you go, fuck, Danish, you're all right. That is a cold cupboard. Morn Mel, morning food. And when you're wearing your night clothes and eating your morning food, things somehow make sense. I wanted to cut up a roasted chicken. I used fierre cray sacks. Feather creature scissors. That's very specific. Honey, I need to cut a feather creature. Well, use the feather creature scissors. But sometimes the Danish language is very unspecific. And the Danish language doesn't give a fuck about animals. It has a nabe, nabe deur. It's lazy, dome deur. What's that smell, stink deur? What about all of these animals over here? What should we call them? Padder deur. They've all got breasts. Doesn't give a fuck about animals. Prawns and shrimps. In Danish, raya. Mussels and clams and scallops. Muslinger. A tortoise and a turtle. Two different animals that live in two different places. Skillbella. An octopus and a squid. Two different species. Fuck it, Blexbruder. There's even an animal here in Denmark called a fearbane, a forelegs. That's true. Let that thought detonate in your mind. There's a real animal here in Denmark called a forelegs. That's fucking lazy. And they must have named that one first. So I thought that was so funny. And when I was writing the script, I just was laughing so hard at your clips. And I wanted to share it with the audience. Oh, yeah. And to the listeners on, on yeah, like that and animals or um, just things that we say in Denmark that you don't translate in uh, English. You're like, why is it that way? So it's, it's so great. Well, Thank you so much, Conrad, for joining me on my podcast, on uh, this radio show in Aarhus, and sharing your experience of being a dad, um, also about, you know, how you got to be a comedian here in uh, Denmark, and maybe inspire other listeners or other internationals living abroad on uh, being a comedian and finding light in um, the Danish, or just languages, because all languages have to have like these funny things not just danish i'm pretty sure in other languages it's it's the same 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, can you nice. can you tell the audience a little um, how to find you? Um, I also have it on my website on links on my website. So, but if anyone uh, listeners right now, uh, you could just search my name Conrad Molden, and you will find uh, my yeah Facebook page. I have a website. Actually, if you want to watch the special, it's on it's streaming on TV two, and Danglish two will be out in April. Um, and if you don't have TV two, you can. Uh, pay really nothing I think less than 50 kroner you can get the file downloaded off my website um, which is quite funny because the clip you showed somebody has actually it's not my clip somebody's oh. really sweetly downloaded it edited it and uploaded it with their own captions but, it, but it's really sweet lots of people have been doing that and also uh, secret tips some people have also been putting it up illegally on torrenting yeah. websites but it's it, it's all cool with me whichever way I just want people to watch the show yeah and it's yeah, so totally. it's, it's more Just exposure for you, but I'm like, wow, I thought that was your website. <laughs> <laughs> No, or your really, clip. Really awesome. it, to me, it's just super flattering. I think it's really, really wonderful. But it's out there for for you to find if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, I really recommend you watch it with your friends and family and whatnot, Danish or not Danish. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Very happy with it. Yeah. And I'd love to see, um, you know, I also have a tour coming up, but we will see what happens. Yeah, I'll have that announcement on my website. It will be sometime in 2055. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. And then for the listeners, I will see you guys next week bye